You're listening to All About Agriculture with Rory Lewandowski, presented by OSU Extension in Wayne County, Ohio. And welcome back into the studio. Rory Lewandowski joining us today as we continue our talk that we began last week about milk component factors and management practices. Before we delve back into it, Rory, good morning. Glad to have you back. Thanks, Ron. Glad to be here. Well, in our last program, we discussed milk fat and milk protein components and how dairy cattle breed and nutrition could affect the concentrations of those components. On today's show, we're going to look at other factors that may affect milk fat and protein and discuss management practices that could help improve those component concentrations. So to begin with, what are some other factors besides breed and besides nutrition that affect milk fat and protein percentages? Sure. Well, a big one is actually season of the year. So hot temperatures, especially when they're combined with humidity, typically result in depressed milk fat and protein percentages. Now, a large portion of this effect is probably explained by actually depressed feed intake levels during those weather patterns. Uh, So peak levels of milk fat and protein, we generally see them occurring during the late fall and winter months. And that's also when typically, again, our our dairy cows are eating better, uh, intake is up. So on the last program, we did talk about breed differences. But there's also considerable variation of fat and protein concentration within any particular breed. So genetics and inheritance actually account for about 55% of the difference between cows in any one breed as regards milk fat and protein content. So therefore, uh, selecting for those components actually is a pretty effective strategy to increase herd milk fat and protein numbers. Now some other factors include stage of lactation and the age of the cow. Generally, milk fat and protein are highest just after calving, then they drop to their lowest levels uh, between 25 and 50 days after calving, and then they peak again around 250 days in milk production. Um, But at that point, of course, milk production is beginning to decline. Now, as cows age, both milk fat and protein also tend to decrease. Milk fat declines about uh, 0.2 percentage points each year from the first to the fifth lactation, and protein decreases about two one-hundredths to five one-hundredths of a percentage point in each lactation. Let's talk about management practices that can help to maintain or improve milk fat and protein content. Based on how you just answered my first question, Rory, it appears that genetic selection is one practice. What about the decline in components due to hot temperatures or humidity? What management practices could then mitigate these conditions? Yeah, good point. Um, So much of the decline in milk fat and protein during hot and humid weather can, again, be explained by reduced feed intakes. So heat abatement is an important strategy to help cows maintain their feed intake. Keeping your cows cool with fans and misters, reducing the time they need to spend crowded together in a pen waiting to enter the milking parlor, all that can help to maintain milk production and milk fat and protein percentage. It's all about uh, trying to keep those cows cool and comfortable so that they feel like uh, eating and and keep that intake up. Mastitis management is another practice that can help to maintain milk fat and protein content because mastitis infections uh, typically reduce fat and the casein component of milk. Rory, on our last program last weekend, we discussed the significant impacts uh, that diet or ration can have, especially on milk fat. But also to some extent on milk protein. So what kind of management practices then can be applied from the nutrition perspective to maintain or even improve component concentration? 
Yeah, I think we can probably answer that question uh, from both a ration composition perspective as well as from a, a feed management perspective. So let me address the ration composition aspect first. And that really simply, we just say we need to keep the rumen healthy. Uh, keeping the rumen healthy will ensure high milk production, protein synthesis, and fat synthesis. Healthy rumens are dependent upon highly digestible forages. They need adequate fiber length in the ration, low levels of mycotoxins in the feedstuffs, uh, appropriate starch and sugar levels in the ration, and a correct ration dry matter content. So dairy producers really need to be able to work closely with their nutritionists to ensure that adequate energy and protein are being provided in the ration along with adequate fiber. Producing high quality, Highly digestible forages provides a lot better options for ration formulation and that will help to keep rumens healthy to maintain or improve milk fat and protein content. So generally, uh, we're talking at least 40 to 45% of the ration dry matter should come from the forage and if forage quality gets too low, then the proportion of concentrates may need to be increased. And that, uh, from our last program, again, remember, as we increase concentrates, that leads to a shift in the volatility fatty acid production, and we get more propionate, and that causes a decrease in milk fat. In addition, we may get ruminal acidosis that may result uh, in causing depressed fiber digestion, depressed intake. We can get ulcers in the rumen, liver abscesses, in severe cases, even laminitis. So ruminal acidosis generally leads to depressed milk fat and milk protein content, and it all ties back to the diet. Our guest in studio again today, Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office. Okay, Rory. What do dairy producers then need to be aware of from a, a feed management perspective? What kind of management practices can help to maintain milk fat and also, you know, to help to maintain milk protein as well? Yeah. Well, continuing the thought about rumen acidosis, uh, one condition that can cause that acidosis is slug feeding. Now, slug feeding occurs when the cow eats only maybe one to three large meals a day instead of a healthier, well, you know, for a dairy cow, 10 to 15. So quite different than obviously, uh, you know, from a human perspective. But a healthy dairy cow really should be eating about 10 to 15 smaller meals a day. Now, when they just have the opportunity to eat bigger meals and fewer meals, that's called slug feeding, and that's when cows typically are fed infrequently. Maybe feed isn't pushed up frequently enough, so they can't get at the feed. Um, you provide them a ration that's easily sorted, so maybe the grain gets picked out uh, pretty easily, or maybe there's overcrowding at the feed bunks, or heifers are housed with mature cows in facilities that are at or near capacity. So some management practices then that can prevent cases of acidosis include making sure that fresh feed is available to cows around 20 hours each day, push feed up four to six times a day, remove spoiled feed from the bunks, uh, manage your stocking density, as stocking density increases above 120%, slug feeding increases, and both then milk yield and milk components will decrease. Rory, you also mentioned feed sorting as a problem area. What can be done to then decrease feed sorting? Yeah, well, that's a, another good question, and feed sorting really goes back to feed mixing. So a good mixing routine is important to make sure that your particle size in that ration is uniform. The person responsible for mixing the ration should follow a routine that includes uh, ingredient addition order, uh, the time needed to mix each ingredient with the others, the time necessary to mix the entire batch after the last ingredient is added, uh, the processing and mixing of forages, especially hay, to make sure, again, they're uniform, uh, we've got the right particle size. 
So feed mixers really need to be able to recognize what a properly mixed ration looks like, and conversely, they can spot when something is amiss and the mix is not good. So one management practice that should be done on a regular basis is a TMR, Total Mixed Ration Audit. Those audits can help you to determine if a mixing protocol is working or if it's being followed. It can also bring to light if mixers maybe are not adjusted properly or if there are parts that are worn out or broken and, and so responsible for a, a ration that's not properly mixed and can lead to feed sorting. Rory, do you have any final comments regarding management practices that can help to maintain or improve milk fat and protein components? Well, I'll just say again, keep that rumen healthy and functioning because it's really the foundation of building our milk fat and protein. And that said, the key to management is measurement and record keeping. So use production records to track and monitor milk components. Regularly test and analyze your forages for energy, protein, and minerals. You know, are there mold or other quality issues with your feedstuffs? Take a walk around, take a look at your feedstuffs. Spend some time walking through the barn and observing the cows. Are at least half your cows laying down and chewing their cuds? That's a sign of a healthy functioning rumen and cows that are, are content. What's the consistency of the manure? Uh, is there competition at the feed bunk? Are there boss cows or older cow dominance issues that are preventing first calf heifers from getting enough feed bunk time? So just general observance and, and following some good record-keeping practices uh, can also help. Rory, as we wrap up today, where can someone get more info about management practices that can affect milk fat and protein content and really anything that we've talked about over the last two weeks? Sure. Well, contact me again at the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722. Make sure to check out our website. Again, we are posting uh, these uh, radio shows, again, courtesy of WQKT. So thanks to them for uh, providing those shows, but we'll post them on our website uh, so you can uh, re-listen to segments. And again, if you have questions about anything, I'd be glad to provide you more in-depth information. All right. Once again, Rory Levendusky, our guest in studio today from the Wayne County Extension Office. Uh, More on the way. Hope you'll stay tuned. Rory, as always, appreciate the time. Thanks, Ron. My pleasure.